Welcome to the Out of Ashan podcast. I'm here with Howard's illustrious financial manager. <laughs> what exactly is it what you do there now? Um, so I'm, I'm in business development, so I work with the, uh, the finance department, but pretty much the liaison, we interface with a lot of the corporate entities. So essentially all the Fortune 500 companies who want to interface with students within our business school, they come through our prayer view. So I'm the intermediary, the bridge, <laughs> the connector. Um, <laughs> that's the position. The connect, that's, and you know, it's so beautiful how we talk about these years of the return ever since 2019, where um, the first English or British slave um, deposit, <laughs> if I could say, was in um, Jamestown, Virginia, and that's been a 400 year cycle. And the scripture talks a lot about 400 years when it was in reference to freedom and regeneration, or some would call revolution, but usually revolution is tied in to a political, but we're talking more from a spiritual and cultural space. And through times of prayer and just insight and some of the stuff the Most High was showing us, um, you landing a job there at Howard at one of the most prestigious um, HBCUs is not an accident. Mm -hmm. Definitely not an accident. And then we were able to not only help empower through education and economics, which you've been doing but we were able to take them to our homeland, the land of their fathers. They're just getting back from Ghana, man. And what a trip. Speaking of 400 years, I mean, you were there. You, you went to what, what's it called? The door of no return, the gate of no return. But you were there at, at the castles. How was that experience like? Well, the cool thing about that on so many different levels, um, one of them was, I remember we were with the tour guide at the Amina Castle and all of us from different perspectives. You know, we had students from University of Maryland. One was from the islands. We had some of our um, party members that we took that were um, business people, from all educators, them. all the different points of view. And we were sitting in the bottom of, uh, well, we weren't sitting in the cell, but we were sitting in that uh, informational deck, which I'm sure at that time was some sort of a cell because it was on the bottom floor. They had three floors. The lower floor for the slaves, the middle floor was for the nurse and the missionaries, and then the top floor was for the generals and the colonels and such, which had all the airflow, beautiful um, view of the ocean, just immaculate. But when you went down to the bottom, um, depending on soldiers also was on the bottom as well, and they had a lot more airflow, but some of the rooms that had our ancestors in it was... Uh, very, very little airflow. Mm. It was, it was, and the smell was uh, incredible. Um, but we were there and we were talking and I could just feel the ancestral connection point where they talked about how they were gonna get free. And we're talking about the same thing, but in a different context, because the children had come home. We were able, by the grace of the Father, to be able to bring people home. And it's not something new. African-Americans or people in the diaspora have always been going home and going for site visits and going to memorialize and see where our ancestors were in, incarcerated, were sold, were um, treated inhumanely. Um, but the fact that they were able to come back, one of them said, we left in chains and on a boat, but we coming back first class and with business opportunity. Mm, that's powerful. 
That's full circle. That's longer, yeah, that's correct. Close the gap. That the, the the biggest stronghold. And remember, we start off with the year of the return. The years of the return. Most I said in Ezekiel that the valley of dry bones will live again. And that he said it was a process. It'll go from the sinew to the nerve to the flesh. Then he pour his spirit on it. And then boom. So to be able to take students and teachers, business graduate, um, MBA graduate students from Howard, as well as interfacing with graduate students and alumni from University of Ghana and having conversations together of how we can win, how can we can redirect sharing out all our different cultural angles and beginning to speak. That was one of the greatest moments of my life. I can imagine. Yeah, that was one of the greatest moments. I saw a lot of it on on WhatsApp and the different different posts and the different, the various different um, modes that you guys were sharing. But what Mm -hmm. would, let's go backwards a bit. You were saying on the bottom level, there was a lot of low airflow, but you had mentioned, so you had, there weren't missionary slaves. What missionaries are you referring to? They had a church there. Uh, said this is on Zion. They had a, yeah, they had a church. And talking about where Zion is. So that lets you know that they knew they were in the Holy Land as well. Um, at least from my perspective. Yes, but the, the church was there to what? It's missionary, mercenary, military method. Come in with the... Um, this is all messed up. There's a, So in the castle... Yeah, it's a where church. Slaves were, where enslaved... Beaten, I mean, down Trump to ship them on boats. There was a church in there. What were they doing? Final prayers? Like, what were they doing there? Keeping the indoctrination alive, reintroducing the scriptures back to the people who was about the scriptures is about or the land that it's about. I was just reading Genesis and um, when the Most High was given the promise around uh, Genesis 15, where he said, You will be, um, know for a surety that your seed will go into captivity in a land that is not their own, mm. but I will bring them out with great spoil. So when I hear you talking about being the the Daniel, the liaison, the connector between the the economic and the infrastructural spaces and people that are learning in business and being the interface for that and being connected to the land, it speaks of, once again, walking in that prophetic flow. So he said to Abraham, know for surety that your people will become um will be taken out of the land but then i will bring them back with great spoil from the river the 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 river of egypt to the river euphrates mm-hmm. river of egypt is in the east if he was in the west and the euphrates would be in the west and there are older um, documentation that shows that the euphrates river was up by the upper volta close to where we're where doing the project yeah. So before anyone begins to just automatically dismiss, like, no, that can't be, go do research. Check the globe. <laughs> go check, do the research. You can start with the scriptures. Genesis chapter two, before he moves into anything, he starts with where a location of the garden is and it has Ethiopia. So we're nowhere on the continent. Then it talks about Abram after he left, which we've done some research and continue to do research that Tira, which is his father, is in that Niger Burkina Faso portion, which would be very significant that some of the stuff that's happening in Burkina Faso and Mali and in that whole um, Niger region has prophetic utterance on it as well. It's dry bones. Mm-hmm. 
even if we go over to Alabama and what the significance of that area was, whether it be the boat being Harriet or all these different things that we, we learned, and we could talk about that a little bit more later, but you're seeing the seeds beginning to rev up. But you have to remember, we're still in captivities. We're colonized. We've been in certain type of systems and cultures and stuff. So when something is being activated and being renewed, according to Ezekiel 36 and 37, or 37, you'll see that um, it's, it's a process. It's a process, and depending on how you interpret that process is how uh, the prophetic becomes more uh, magnified. So when you, when you read that um, in Genesis chapter uh, 2, that the Most High said this is the garden, says this in Ethiopia, gives you some landmarks, the Nile, so forth and so on. You go further along. Then it says in chapter 12, or 11 that Abram left the land and went to Egypt. So he's still on the continent. Mm -hmm. He didn't go anywhere. anywhere, And then on 13 says chapter 13. And and I'm so thankful for one of my elders who pointed this out. This is what was the missing piece because most high was already showing us that there's definitely a change happening, but we didn't have all of the biblical um, references to help solidify. But then when it says Abraham, after he left Egypt, went south not north it says he went south he went further into the continent and there's even more specific language that's why i use king james because that's the first english translation before all the other ones and though it was under king james you have to know how to read the scriptures Mm -hmm. right so it says he went up south up south that means oh that makes sense because the nile river flows upward so that means if you're going towards south africa that's like going up the hill Mm -hmm. so he would go up south so once you start to understand genesis 1 through 12 which we'll do more studies on that then the bible starts to make a whole lot more sense and culturally it begins to make a a whole lot more sense as well so when we brought our team back and they were able to touch their land and they came from an identity standpoint they were able to connect with the tribe that they came from before they went to the Amina Castle, before they went into the Asim River, they already had a reconnection point already. They were already engrafted in because most people, when they go, they go straight to the castles and so forth and so on. It's very traumatic, and it is. But when you've already identified who you are and then you go into those spaces, it's more of a homage and memorialization and thankfulness that we are no longer there. And then we were able to talk, as you have done through the business center, to how do we now build back home? How do we begin to interface with each other and begin to build with the diaspora? You know, you know what's amazing about that connection piece with um, the Bissa people in particular is that I was even just talking with a student, how that was so powerful that it's not necessarily just a connection to like, oh, this is your tribe. And in some cases, it could be a people or tribe that no longer exist, but they were able to reconnect with the chief of that same people group and the community as well. So it's literally your uncles, auntie, that's an extended family. Like they were able to touch, feel, and like walk the lands of where your origination or where your birth or where you came out of. That was an amazing piece. Cause this is no fairy tale. This is not some historical reference. It's literally life in action right in front of you. And you prophesied it. And you prophesied it. If you can talk a little bit about that. Remember the, that Eden, we called it the Eden mm-hmm. anointing that started when you was preaching. Um, or sharing, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was what, what was that feeling you felt 
because I mean, when you go to Ghana, that's a whole nother realm coming for you. So tell us your anticipation and and um, walk us through. I think that that Zambia piece because that ties into what happened for sure. Well, yeah, because because even in Zambia, when I had a chance to share uh, with the students that day, I mean. That day was it was just overwhelming in general because it was just out of the ordinary from the beginning to the end. I'm not a crier, but it was just like tears flowing, talking. But the central piece and the focus was about the prodigal son, and you know, going through the scriptures of how the prodigal son, how he left his homeland, and then that process, because you know, the theme around it was the connection between the two brothers. How did, how did that brother feel that who was left behind where all the pressure, all the responsibility and all the, the, the joy and glee wasn't for him. He had to bear out the responsibility of his brothers, the family with almost like no recognition, no nothing. But then a new brother, the brother who left, took the spoils prematurely, was pompous, arrogant, went to the foreign land, lived a desolate life. I mean, even until it talked about how the scriptures mentioned like, he had to work in the pig's pen. Why? Because he wasn't a citizen of that country. And then making that mm. connection to how many of our people leave our homeland to go to the foreign land, not being citizens of that country and having to do the debase, the most uh, inhumane jobs. That connection is so mm. real because it even came like live to fruition for an example you knew of people having to literally work with pigs and swine. But, you know, it, it goes to that depthness to how That's to understand true. how real the scriptures are and how the life which you live, like like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. We're just repeating and living what nature and what's natural in the course of a human history. So, but is that connection piece and understanding how just as the prodigal son, the father was open, he was gracious and he was forgiving that despite what the son had done, he was still there loving and wanted to bring him back home and that was the same experience we had there our brothers our sisters our fathers and our mothers they welcomed us with open arms even mm -hmm. they never they hadn't seen us in so long because we were representation of those who had left before but coming back asking for forgiveness and trying to reconnect with our extended family i think that was the overwhelming experience that i think words couldn't actually even like define is it was like no one knew what was going on but we knew something was going on because it was an abnormal experience and it's very few times in our lives that we've experienced like like we can go back to more cirillo we can go back to different entities but that one it, it was just totally weird because i'm sitting there handshaking we were just you know we were singing and worshiping and like i was like like what is this like i knew in my mind my body everything but then it was like it just like what is this <laughs> you know and all around us it was like us as a core those once again who had left and come back i knew it's almost like we were standing in the gap and we were the representation of all that had left before to come back to reconnect with those people to let them know that now nah, you know what we messed up you know what mm -hmm. we're sorry you know what? So yeah. and, and as we talk about it today, how when we always look back to the underdevelopment of the, the, the garden, the continent of Africa. Why? Because mm -hmm. just as our brother said in Uganda, it's like it's like the brain drain. Our best, our brightest, our most elite, the richest, the wealthiest, they tend to take their resources and give it over to somebody else. And then what do they do? They turn up their back and they, they turn um they don't reinvest, so to speak, into their homeland, into their own country. So we see where we are today. 
But how much more now that we're reconnecting and people are starting to wake up all across the globe? A lot of these countries that have been historically run by the Europeans and so on and so forth now say, no, we, we want to rid ourselves of the stench, of the remedy. And we are willing mm. to take sanctions. We're willing to f- go without in order to rebuild a fresh start and a renewness. And this is what our people across the globe, once we see that level of unification, just as we saw with that young bro- with those brothers there in Alabama, more, it's not even the sense of the brawl, but it's the, it's, the, it's the idea that people came to the defense. Like, immediately, that's where the it love the is. Hat. And the hat was the most important part of the whole situation <laughs> that people don't get. <laughs> but it's that, it's that unification. turned it to the back first, and then Alabama said, hmm? nah, turn up, do that joint. And that's what pissed dude off. He was like, what? dig us a joke. <laughs> Hey. As we said in PLC, that, that was <laughs> ring the alarm. The alarm was, once that hat went up, everybody was on guard. Everyone was like, oh, the get them. Everyone, this immediately came in full force, unification as one. But that's the power we have as a people. Once we recognize and we see, like, you know what? What are we doing here? And then we step up and we take and we do what we're supposed to do. Can't no one stop mm-hmm. us. Nobody That's our us. job. And the beautiful thing, like you talked about when you had, and, and I've known you for 40 years and never seen a tear uh-huh. ever. And it wasn't because like you're a, a, a macho guy, it's just culturally and just the way you emotionally process things. Remember when, um, what's her name? Carmen used Carbon, to say, right. if you don't cry. If you don't cry, you're going to get ulcers. <laughs> we trying to force a joint, so it didn't work. She's like, you're going to get ulcers, you got to cry. <laughs> Shout out to Carmen Blackwell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing was, you know, I've heard one of our partners talk about how, you know, they felt so welcomed and, and she says she's a crier. That's a yeah. word, you know, she's, she can get really emotional. And I heard her say when we were in Gemini with the project um, where we're going to be doing the aquatic gold, as we call it, the green gold and, and helping create jobs in those in those regions. So if you want to be a part of some of our entrepreneurial endeavors, please do get in touch with us. But um she was talking about how it's thank you for welcoming me home for 400 years we've been gone but i stand as a testament that we're home and then the trans and she said we are home and the translation dude kept saying it in his language and you could feel the energy picking up and it was something happening almost like in zambia when that unction came down um that anointing came down and just and, and blanketed us almost like the most saying this is my beloved children of whom i'm well pleased this is moshe this is the bridge builders because you speak the language and have the assets of the of the the palace but can touch down to the rule into the dirt and bring the message to my people so when i came and i was like i said my mom and dad and i had forgotten about them and certain things stay in you which is what ancestors once you tap into the ancestors what did our boy our brother george floyd rest in peace um or rest in power when he um called out for his mom I was like and my mom and dad and I and and then it dawned on me that the fullness of why my parents actually brought us here to be able to then bring the children back home and for that to be fulfilled in such a significant ground level I, I still haven't even seen the video yet I just remember I was sobbing and our other teammate had to come up and kind of support me. I was like, yo, what is... I could not hold it, Co. I don't know what was going on. And not that I'm afraid to go look at it. I just didn't... I didn't, I didn't want to touch that emotional space again. But it was so liberating because 
we're still connected to our ancestors. You have to remember when the Most High spoke to Moshe and he engaged him through the fiery burning bush. He said, who are you? You're saying you're the, 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 the Most High, the creator of all things, mm -hmm. but these people are in, our people is toe up, da, 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 da. Like people say, that's why most people, like you said, with the religious um, edifice or church they had at the Amida Castle, how could that be? How could they mix it? And that was what the first steps for me when I went to Benin, when I saw that they had a Portuguese church there, that it began to shift my understanding and approach to the westernized form of Christianity that has been given to me. And that was my journey. So anyhow, when I came back and saw that again, full circle, um, it touched me. But anyhow, so Moshe said, who are you? He said, I'm the God of your ancestors. Mm -hmm. I'm the God of your forefathers. So the same thing with us here, whether you be in the diaspora, whether it be in Alabama, one, paper, one person was saying it as a joke, but once again, that's their DNA reenacting where they were like, it felt like our our ancestors, because they were sold enslaved in that area, and it was such a significant part in the slave trade, um, where this brawl took place, that our ancestors could have possibly been fighting with the ancestors of those people whose ancestors enslaved us. Just that type of cultural awareness and understanding begins to tap you into another realm, because most people tell you not to worship your ancestors, but... The money system is ancestors. Well, you know, so I'm glad you mentioned that because just as the scriptures say that I'm the God of your ancestors, and when, and then even when you listen to some of the prayers and the, even the declarations of people in the Bible, they always reference fathers, mothers, grandfathers, the household they came from. But but in modern day, mm. I'm saying modern day Christianity, it seems like that is something that they say is cultish, tribal. Um, idolatry. That idolatry, yeah, but it, it doesn't make sense because everything that we you reference in the scriptures, you're referencing someone of old who lived before you, who subsequently is your ancestor. So you know that's the, how can I be idolatry when if you're talking about I'm from the seed of Abraham, when we talk about Abraham all the time, is that ancestry worship? No, <laughs> you're recognizing and you're having the reverence and awareness to understand the sea line the path by which you came from. Hence, when we look at the scriptures, such and such begat such and such. Why are they so, why are they always constantly pointing out the lineage, the delineation of where you come from from beginning to end and where you route to? Because that's important. What tribe do you come from? What sea line do you that's come everything. from? That's everything. If you're watching Game of Thrones, what household are you from? <laughs> These are all important. <laughs> so as you just mentioned, the currency, the money we carry, somebody's face is on it. Whose face? What family? And what families are tied to that money? Hence why wealth gets distributed and passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation because it's going down that linear path. And it's a form of worship. Mm -hmm. On one of the videos, when they dedicated the land that they gave us that was for the community, they consulted or as they say, they some would say pray to the ancestors to the father. And there was a fight like, well, that's idolatry. You're only supposed to pray through the sun. And you're not, they started getting into doctrinal um, areas. And I said, everything has to have interpretation. And you have to understand, like you would say it so wonderfully. Most people, if you read in the scriptures, Daniel, when he was going to go pray, what did he start off? He started off with praying for forgiveness for what his ancestors had done. Before we can move anywhere, you have to know what, had, what got you where you at. And that's the, the decisions of your ancestors, good or bad. 
And for the most part, if you hear that means your ancestor, the most high was gracious, but your ancestors did a lot of right because you're still here. And then for you to go back to the place where you were enslaved and find your seed line all the way. Is that not the most who on the earth can say they've experienced that? She said there was two things that she never thought she would experience in her lifetime, which would be a black president or ever know where she's from. And, and, and you know, the, and that's the common story of a lot of our brothers and sisters here in the States and across the globe is that even when they do try to trace back their lineage, like once again, it's not something that sometimes in some cases they can't find it. They can't navigate it. There's so much, mm -hmm. um, Divi not division, but so much demarcation of 50% this and that, that uh, to align it to a specific group of people. And once again, you were able to walk that land, see the people, see the chief of where you came from. There's nothing that, that like I said, there's nothing ever that we would ever do in life, life that would yeah, probably even yeah. be no, able to match no. that. And I, and no. I can tell by the, even just by her, um, testimony or, or her just her recollection of what she was experiencing what she felt and what what she was able to experience is just that's just mind-boggling my my I, I honestly feel like that's my purpose and I, it's been fulfilled so the most I was to take me tomorrow you good. that's it I did it I obeyed yeah, yeah. that's all that matters I obeyed I fought the good now, fight we believe <laughs> you run the race you brought the children home you brought it you brought the children home and then, and, and just even hearing from other people, um, you know, the, the other professors who went there, they were like, man, it's, it was just transformative in their life. They're like, you know, we, we that was the wake up call because now just as when Jesus had risen from the dead, you know, who were mm -hmm. the first witnesses to then go spread it across? It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're spreading it across because they witnessed, they saw, and they're like, hold up. All right, we got to do something. Because now it's giving them this this re-engagement, re this new fervor that they have to go forth and even do what they thought they was doing was fulfilling. Now now they got a deeper calling. Like it's bigger than this. Because mm -hmm. now, like my, my student just said before he left her, he's from Cameroon. He said, you know, it's not about us and them. We're all the same. But he said, it's not until you go there and you can see I am me and you are me and I am you that, oh, we have a common bond. And it's just that we've been displaced that you're across this pond just call this little body of water a pond but once we come together you start to realize like man we got a lot in common you do the same thing and then you start to trace it back to our historical and our african roots it's like oh i see why we eat the same foods because one thing he just mentioned that was perplexing is that he did an internship this summer in the internship he was able to work with the national institute of health and they um and he was in, in his research, he came across a study that showed that African-American men, 65 percent, I believe, are diagnosed or have been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And then he said he was shocking to know that blacks, African-American men also are two and a half more times likelier to die from this than any other group of people. So I asked him, I said, so how did you like what did you derive from that? He was like, I mean, it's just there's a lot of things, you know, I died and where we are. And I said, to me, the way I saw it is we're like a fish out of water. You're out of your environment. Because you're out of your environment, you are susceptible to a, and prone to a lot more dysfunction. Because once again, when you go back home, he said, that's so true because he said, when I'm in Cameroon, the food is different. Here, they tell me I'm mm -hmm. um, vitamin D deficient. But when I'm over there, 
I get all the vitamin D I need because I'm right there. The sun, the sunlight, we're not sitting in artificial rooms all day, UV rays. So he realized, he said, man, we just got to go back. I said, I said, what, what, I mean, you, you preaching to the choir. Like, we got to go back. But once again, who's going to take that step? So this is why now even talking to the students, I'm in a unique position because I even told him what um, our sister said that even a lot of the HBCUs across the country, there's no reason why every student who goes to HBCU must. It should be required that they go back to the garden during at least one semester, summertime, something. Go do a project. You got to go. He, he, he said, he said, that's true. He said, no, because how can we call ourselves historically black institution and we have no connection with Africa? I said, these are the type of things that we need to reenact. So the more people we see, the more experiences, the more of the recollection and reclaiming of our identities. This is the type of thing that will light that fire, that spark to create these the infrastructure and the initiative so for our people to do our work back home. This is not even something you have to convince people to do. People who just went on this trip just last week, they're already hitting the pavement running. They're trying to find ways where they can fit in, where they can reach out, where they can make a change. Just based on this mm -hmm. two-week experience. So you can imagine once we get this ship and get, and get this partnership rolling, where this is something that happens one, two, three, four, five times a year, or maybe even more frequent than that. Rites of passage. Just so there's so many things brewing right now, and you can tell there's something in the atmosphere because people are ready all across the globe. You can feel that energy. You can feel people igniting. You, you can hear the question. You get you can see people saying, you know, I don't feel fulfilled, but you know, I want to connect with my people again. You know what? Mm -hmm. I want to do more. They're not, mm. Money is not an issue. That's what that's one of the things I love about this foundation is because a lot of the things we've done, we started without even having finances. Mm -hmm. The little that we had, we'll put to it. The next you know, it multiplies. Next you know, someone's dropping $20,000. Bam, that covered that project. <laughs> Let's go. What's next? Bam, y'all want to do this. Boom, somebody drops another donation. Let's go to the next. <laughs> and it's homegrown, it's right? Yes. You, you talk. You, the beautiful thing is once you find out um, that a lot of the things that we've done or do back home, like, you know, there's stuff on Internet or TikTok where it'll show you words and patois that is in a tree and how we, we were the same. One of the things we did see um, while we were there, when, when you talk, talk about he felt when the prodigal son came home, it says the father saw him a way off and then ran to go get him. Mm -hmm. And, and brought him in. So when the king got us, the whole place was packed. We were like, we weren't expecting that. We thought it was going to be some kind of a secret thing. No, they made it a ceremony. Like one of our children, I come home because they knew the whole DNA testing and all that stuff. So they had to sit in the corner. Then they took us into the room. Everybody dressed up. The king took out a stack. A stack of what? Stack of money, cash, just throwing it on her head. You know how we do. We've been doing that. Like when they used to put it in my shirt when I used to dance like Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little kid. I had my jacket on. This is before I started going to church. Y'all uh, indoctrinated me and threw me off. We used to go to outdoors where they do libation. And we was like, yeah. yep. They was like, yeah. Put the joint all in my shirt. So they were doing that to her, putting it on her forehead. And Dr. One of our uh, professors, she go, Mm, so that's where we got it from. <laughs> Ain't nothing new. That's it. Dance just, make them dance. Yep, yep. Because the idea isn't the way it's been in a derogatory sense here. It was more of showering, like 
more, more blessing, more energy. You're doing good. Yeah. We want to honor you, that kind of a thing. So that's the origin of that. So when you see certain things, just like that one brother, when he, he put up the, the blood sign, one of the, remember when we went to Uganda, he said, this means unity. Oh, this yeah. Means this, that. We were like, bro, that's you what it meant. Then, the too. <laughs> that means something totally different. He right. threw up the gang signs. He was like, let's see, once again, that's the flip. Somebody saw it and took it and made that their own symbol. We know where it came from. It's in your DNA. Is it, is it? It's connected to who you are. So when all of us was watching the Alabama thing and we felt not that violence is something that we care about, but just the, the unity, regardless of how it was showing up in the physical, the fact that we cared about each other instead of killing each other. Oh, we're not hearing about another black man killing a black man. A black man back, actually bro. helping a black man. Came out. We got your Oh, friend. snap. This is the revolution we needed. This is what we needed. That's what people were feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it's viral and they try to capitalize on it to bring it back under the lower vibrations. But the Most High said, send you upon send you. Line upon line. Here a little, yeah, there a little. So it. I do not consume you at once. But I'm raising them up in these years of the return. And bit by bit. Ezekiel said, prophesy. Prophesy to the dry bones. Keep talking about it. Keep speaking about it. Because the more you speak about it, the Most High is moving it. All this technology and... Uh, Surveillance society, those are all cheap copies of what the Most High already done from the beginning. So when his children begin to realign themselves back to what the Most High said, back to Eden, that's why we call it Back to Eden Global. Then we saw the fruit of it with just that small group of 12, the disciples, went there, mixed group, male, female, different age groups, different technical skills, different backgrounds, different areas of the world, all the different people mixing together and doing this work in Ghana, which is a what? A portal country. It's its own sort of Alabama because that's where a lot of the slave trade and stuff was going on. So to go back into those spaces and reclaim that energy and righteousness, let's keep watching the ramifications. So I, we watch the news based on what the Most High is doing, and then we read it from political standpoint and so forth and so on. We're always looking at it from the way the Most High is doing it because that's the way Daniel looked at it. But as you said earlier, in the New Testament, they took you away from ancestors and say, all of us are one. No, we're all under it. Oh, Paul. No, Paul was saying it's for everybody. You see? So if you look behind, if you know how to read the New Testament, you understand it came from the Greco-Roman Hellenistic environment. Jesus, Zeus, all, oh, all that over there. All of them. All those, all those gods. Y'all call them mythological. I call them principalities and powers, rulers of and darkness. They even call them Greek gods. They call them Greek gods. <laughs> All those gods. <laughs> call them by name, Greek gods. <laughs> when Daniel was praying, when he was bringing down the strongholds, what happened? An angel came and said what to him in Genesis, in, in Daniel chapter Your 10. prayer was answered. I just the had prince of the power, because of the infrastructural I got held up. lines. <laughs> And he said the he said the Persians mm -hmm. and then Greek. the Greeks. <laughs> Repeat it so again. So he let you know. He said the Persian, the Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia, withheld mm -hmm. me. Now I gotta go back and fight. Remember, spirit space is not like time space because of the Greek. So he knew that was in Persian Empire. That's what Daniel was under at the per current time. But the future he was seeing was what Greco. So when he's doing that Babylon. Um, the, the the statue he's giving you, the, the most high was giving him the insight. He was showing him right now. Like he showed Enoch right now. This is right now. And the most high is the only one who can open your eyes to his children, his prophets, his seers, to be able to prepare and warn the people for what is happening. We cannot move by the finance no more. We have to move by spirit. And then the finance is the currency. 
The Europeans understand that. That's why they put it, it, I hear it differently now when they like hey, in Washington. I was like, hold on, in Washington, Washington, DC, Washington. That's the first president. That's the old dean. That's a they love their ancestors. They love their ancestors. The Constitution. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United. Just listen to all the inc- let's call them. What do you say? Incantations. The and worship. Yeah, all of that. Uh huh. <laughs> that we reverberate over time, <laughs> and we don't think twice about it. <laughs> the names of the lands, the mark, the, the landmarks. Who was here first? You took over. These are war zones. Th- these are places like the, just the names in general. The more that you're there, you reinforce it, you add and create that energy. And you wonder why some places, some regions, there's a lot of chaos. You're like, oh, no, it's the people there. No. What happened in those lands before you got there? You don't even know. There's a guy named Benedict Arnold who was a snitch. He was working with the U.S. or with the the United States, the Confederation, I believe, um, when they were fighting with the British during that whole um, Revolutionary War. And somehow the, the 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 Americans that were trying to free themselves from the British, they weren't complying with what he wanted. So he ended up going with the the other squad. But he was a general of the first fort of the, the American battalion. That fort is still here mm. right now. It's the oldest fort that is still operating to this day. That's called Ancestor. That means blood has not shifted. So now put it in our context. If you've been shifted, mixed, went to different parts, you have a little bit of Benin, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That was understood. That was designed so that you're always in a a ball of confusion as the temptations put. You don't know. You don't understand. You can't know in your being. Mm. But the most high supersedes and goes to the oldest DNA marker. And he said, I will restore the years that the canker worm, the pomegranate, the caterpillar, the locust, and those all do different types of devouring. I will restore it because they can get rid of your name. They can change your language. They can do this, but they can't touch the DNA. They try it. They doing it now. So you can see they're mixing all kinds of things, but that was already done in Noah's time. So yeah, man, this, this is an exciting time. There's a lot going on. We will be taking our DNA or our DNA discovery tours going to be going through the holy land revisiting some of the biblical sites that has only been taught from one perspective but we're going to literally look at the scriptures and then go to these locations we're finding more and more locations on the continent and it's beginning to make more sense because this is the years of the return of most highest opening up the ways he's giving revelation again he's answering us again so we want to pull in and and worship him and get back to connection get back to family get back to ourselves and then all these things he says seek first the kingdom and righteousness meaning the right way i created mm-hmm. from the beginning and then everything's just going to begin to fall into place creation gonna work with you don't worry about what they got like he said don't worry about uh, have no fear for atomic energy because none of them can stop the time don't be afraid of that. that's just mismanagement of natural resource because we've allowed that to happen that that type of sick mentality got to a point where it evolved where the fallen could come in and teach them how to destroy their own habitation that would be what we call insane or the scripture would call in the book of romans the book of rome or the book of romans as a debased mind mm. when you do certain things he said i'll give you over to, to a debased, debased mind, mind. Yep, so yep. we gotta 
rapper Bay Mine. So we have to really understand what's happening and get in the right alignment as this Most High's making this shift. And as he did when he was bringing him out of the the um, uh, the garden, or yeah, in the garden, or in Egypt, to another part of the garden, so that they could flourish. There was plagues that was happening. There was the environment was shifting, and you had to discern and get into the right spaces. The Goshen's you better be at the right spot. Because if you found outside trying to be like them, like Lot's wife, look back. Can't look back. We got to move forward. So You remember we used to sing that song, Seeky First? As we talk about the mentality, worldliness, what is in our mind, as, as the mm-hmm. commandments say, thou shalt have no other gods before me. For a lot of us, it's, it's the idolatry and the gods that we have that is our blockage. Almost like a person mm-hmm. that has to have triple bypass surgery. There's a blockage of the arteries. It's the same mm. thing. There's things in our lives that are blocking the flow where you can't live into the fullness of who you are. And oftentimes, mm. for some people, that blocking is blocking their vision, their spiritual insight. So they can't even see mm. to maneuver how they need to go, whether it's leadership, how to lead themselves, their families, and everything yeah. about around you. Mm-hmm. And until you do that deep dive, have that surgery, you know, what's, what's that band, Joshua Generation? You need a blood transfusion. Like, literally, you need to get, re, you got to get a reset. And until you do that, because there's a lot of dysfunction and there's a lot of things we've allowed into our spirit, into our bodies and our beings that got to get flushed. So that, that's yes, a sir. challenge for everybody. Everybody, just like when we were in church, right before communion, the scriptures in Corinthians said, let every man examine himself. We got to do this on a daily basis. We need to examine ourselves so we can understand and be in alignment. Take time to meditate. Take time to pray. Just a quiet time because you can look around you and really understand and see that you didn't create yourself. There's a bigger, a higher power that's much stronger, more powerful than any human being on the planet. You got to under you really got to understand that nature, nature shows you that. That you're not in control of anything. Yeah, yeah. These this, these little calamities in which we call that people are going crazy, lose their mind. That is nothing. Like we live on Earth. So what happened in Maui? <laughs> you saw what happened in Maui? The fires. I heard about the that. Fire. People's running into the oceans, running from the fire, fire, burning up everything by wind and fire, earth, wind, and fire. That's what they was trying to say, but the mamas thought, oh, they just on LSD. Nah, them mamas knew the elements. Those are the real kingdom. That's the kingdom of the Most High. That's above all these human-made things. And and you see just that natural element. Do you see how there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do? There's not a fire truck. There's not enough water for you to quench that fire. Why do we think we're all-powerful? We in control. We we, got to get that out of our head. We have to turn from that mindset. We got to understand to rely. You got to understand the Most High is in control. You will be flushed out. And the only grace that we have is that in Genesis, it says what? In the beginning, God created. We haven't got to the point where it says, in the end, God stopped. He hadn't stopped anything. Ooh. So life will always, as lo- we will continue to flow. So you, that's the grace that you always have an opportunity. And that's the saving grace that every morning, every time you your heart, your heart pumps, your blood is flowing. You have another opportunity to live life till its fullest. Take advantage of it <laughs> because the book has not closed yet. Yes, for sir. sure. And with that, we'll catch you on our next podcast. See you, brother. Peace.